Hey, I'm Brady Hyan, and this is Bettering Nashville. If you didn't know, Nashville is governed by a body of representatives, 40 of them actually, called the Metro Council. I wasn't super familiar with this, so I wanted to learn more and I wanted my listeners to learn with me. So I reached out to every single Metro Council member, all 40 of them, asking if they would come on the show, talk about themselves, talk about the work that they're doing, and talk about their district. So today, we're speaking with the first one, Nancy Van Rees, who represents District 8. Uh, and she explains a little bit about where that district is more specifically as we uh, get into the conversation. But if you're unfamiliar with Metro Council, have no fear. I ask a lot of very basic questions about what it is and how it works. And Nancy does a great job explaining that. So I hope that you stick around. There's going to be several of these conversations with the Metro Council members that I'm able to have a conversation with, and it's going to be great. We're all going to learn together. So without further ado, this is Nancy Van Rees. Nancy. Hey man, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm okay. It's a it's a beautiful day and I'm glad to be part of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here. Uh it's I'm looking forward to talking to you. Uh so we can go ahead and jump right in. You represent the 8th district of the Metro Council uh here in Nashville. Uh, this, I've actually reached out to all of the Metro council members and you are the first one I'm speaking with. I have several lined up. Um, so I'm, I might be asking you a little more elementary questions about the Metro council than some of the other members. Uh, so you're going to get to educate us a little bit here. Uh, but before we dive into the Metro council, why don't you just tell us about yourself, um, who you are, a little bit about your background and how you came to be uh, part of the Metro council. Uh, of course, um, thanks for um, letting me participate. I was uh, eager to do so. I I love the title of the podcast and that uh, intrigued me. I've been able to listen to quite a few episodes and I'm oh, looking you. forward to uh, yeah, being being helpful. I have actually, uh, when I went to school um, a long time ago at Baylor, I was a uh, uh, major in uh, radio and television and have been a DJ on several radio stations. And so uh, podcasts wow. and um, the um, the use of human voice to tell stories is something that has always been uh, intriguing to me. And so I'm happy to participate and glad uh, to hear that others will as well. Um, I moved to Nashville in 1986, which makes me a native almost because I, I tease a couple of our council members and now, now I think maybe three or four uh, uh, we're born since I've moved here. So that, that oh, wow. close, yeah. close enough, right? So I've lived here for a while. Um, I moved here uh, for the music industry. I actually had started a radio promotion and marketing company out of uh, school. Uh, grew up in Oklahoma, went to school in Texas, and then moved that company here in 86 and was part of uh, the music uh, community uh, all the way through to 2007. Uh, 2007 was when I uh, uh, left uh, BMI. Actually, had spent nine, almost nine years, nine and a half years, almost at uh, BMI in licensing. Uh, Broadcast Music Incorporated is a excellent company, and was there from '98 until uh, 2007. At that point, I jumped off and became the executive director of the Nashville Shakespeare Festival, and was there for three seasons. Um, and uh, was uh, really excited about um, moving them uh, from uh, being our, an artistically driven uh, organization uh, to being their first executive director, which uh, allowed a little bit more concentration on the diversity of uh, uh, financing. Yeah. And uh, was there for a bit and then went uh, back into um, sole proprietorship uh, and uh, did some uh, work as a consultant 
uh, for um, different arts nonprofits uh, in regard to using these newfangled tools called social media uh, in the uh, 2008 to mm-hmm. 2011 or 12. Early, early on. Uh, yeah. So um, one of my clients during that time period was the National Symphony. And uh, I had uh, consulted with them on some different ways to utilize uh, social media. And I guess they drank my Kool-Aid because they, <laughs> they said, we're going to add somebody to the staff and want you to look over the job description. And I looked it over and I said, I've got an idea. <laughs> Why don't you hire me? <laughs> so so uh, I joined the staff at the Skirmerhorn and was there for a couple of years um, and uh, left in uh, 11, I think it was late 2011. Um, I uh, had decided that I was going to run for uh, Metro Council at that time, um, 2011. Uh, was uh, when the first um, in the t- 2010 census, the new district districts hadn't been uh, confangled yet. They thought they were going to wait, but ended up going ahead and changing the districts. So when I started my campaign in 2011, it was for an open seat of the old district four. And in the middle of the campaign, I was running against the incumbent for the new district eight. And oh, so, so, it so that was you. like, that was kind of funky. Uh, but it included a lot of the places that we had already um, communicated with. So mm-hmm. I was uh, able to hear a lot from uh, people um, in 2011. Uh, we ended up with about 44% of the vote at that time. And it was enough for me to to um, really think about whether or not it would be appropriate to run again. I evidently didn't have enough friends to talk me out of it. So I, <laughs> so I ran again in 15 uh, for what was really an open seat and ended up winning. And uh, then again, here my second term in 2019. Um, a lot of that campaign was based around the mantra of development for us and not to us. Mm-hmm. Um, the excitement and understanding that the Northeast Corridor, uh, particularly uh, since District 8, is sort of um, uh, buffered by Gallatin Pike and Dickerson Pike, uh, understanding that things needed to happen on those corridors in uh, aggressive and thoughtful ways, uh, but that the protection of the interior uh, in a core of suburbans uh, neighborhoods was important uh, as well. So, mm. so um, that's sort of kind of really fast. About yeah, they, that's years great. Of my life. So, so, what, so that's kind of where we. What were, would you yeah. say back in 2011? What drove you to run for Metro Council in the first place? Um, I really think that uh, I looked around and I and I thought that my part of Nashville was being perceived as something different than what it actually was. Um, my uh, my wife and I met each other in 1988 at a women's Bible study. You can't get more Nashville than that. Um, <laughs> and then. Uh, we bought our first home in 1990 up in, in Madison. And it's such a diverse and interesting um, part of, uh, of the uh, county. And as, as we lived uh, a long time up here, we, we realized that a lot of the, the perception uh, of um, uh, the county above Briley Parkway was that it was extremely conservative and uh, not very creative minded. Mm. And we just saw the complete opposite. And so I wanted to make sure that we, uh, somebody uh, stepped up and I had a conversation with my, my friend and uh, council member at the time, uh, Megan Berry and said, should I, should I run? And, and uh, she very thoughtfully said, Nancy, you only have one choice. You either run or you find someone you would vote for and mm-hmm. help them win. Mm-hmm. And I realized that there wasn't anyone else running that I wanted to vote for. So, uh, so that kind of made the decision for me. Um, yeah. And that started me on that journey. That's great. Uh, real quick, since, since we have talked about it a little bit already, could you go ahead for our listeners, um, explain the geographical region of your district, um, what sure. neighborhood we're talking about? Yeah, so um, we refer to it as the Northeast Corridor on the wagon wheel of Nashville. Um, it starts just north of Trinity Lane. Uh, so if you are on Dickerson Pike, it's right around Donald. 
Um, and if you are on Gallatin Pike, it's uh, on the north side of Maynard. So um, about 40, 45, 48% of the district is uh, south of Briley Parkway. And then whenever you get to Briley Parkway, it continues uh, into uh, Madison. So uh, it goes all the way to One Mile Parkway on Gallatin which is right by the Lowe's, if you're uh, thinking of uh, landmarks. Mm -hmm. And on the Dickerson side, it goes to Old Hickory Boulevard, so just before Cedar Hill Park. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of Okay, great. Are. So if you're listening and that's where you are, Nancy's your girl. Uh, <laughs> we, we'll, we can talk a little bit more about your district specifically in a bit, but why don't we go ahead, since I haven't even really – discuss this on the show yet. Can you give us a breakdown of what the Metro Council is and what it does? I know that's a very simple question, but I, th right. I think it would help to uh, contextualize the conversation. Sure. Uh, well, the Metro Council is in Nashville rather large. I believe we're the third largest. Uh, I did read that uh, recently and I was surprised yeah. by that. Third largest Metro uh, Council in the country. Yeah. When I, when I talked to friends of mine in the National League of Cities or elsewhere, uh, through the Victory Fund, they go, how big is your council? How do you get anything done? It's like, <laughs> well, good question. Um, so we are 40 members. Um, there are 35 districts and five at-large council members. So 35 districts are um, supposedly divided up by population to where it's about an even amount of population per district. So um, 20,000 or uh, anywhere from 18,000 to 20,000 people um, are uh, in those districts. Those are souls, not voters. Mm -hmm. so, so, um, and so um, those 35 districts are divided that way. As we approach uh, the 2020 census, uh, the reason districts are redrawn is to make sure that the appropriate representation is still in place. So mm -hmm. you saw in um, 2011, as I mentioned, uh, a major shift in districts because there was such a rapid growth in the Southeast Corridor that um, it's sort of like, it was like squeezing a balloon and everything, all the lines had to change. Mm -hmm. So, so we'll see, you know, what happens. Uh, what, what's the uh, anticipation for, I guess that'd be 2021 when we'd see well, any changes? Yeah, they'll have it. Um, it won't take into effect until the 2023 election. Okay. So no one will move or suddenly mm -hmm. be in a different district um, during this term, but they will decide probably in 2022, uh, the, processes the metro uh, planning department takes a look at those census numbers makes a determination as to where neighborhoods are where major corridors are and kind of decides um, a draft and then there is community input on that before uh, it goes all the way through the planning commission to verify and then it would be uh, brand new in 2023. Okay. I think the, the average observer in Nashville recognizes the fact that there's been a lot of new people that live downtown mm. in the last 10 years. Mm. And so um, uh, I'm curious as to what's going to happen to the downtown district. Mm -hmm. um, the, our current district 17, uh, you know, is downtown and goes all the way into um, uh, historic areas on Jefferson Street and yeah. in Germantown. I don't know that that might need to um, shift a bit. And when it does, what happens? Yeah, you have a lot of people. Six. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> living vertically downtown now in very yeah, small right. amount of space. So, so I'm, I'm curious. The six cross back over the river. Does mm. two go? So, so it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. It'll be yeah. something for for us to look at. But, but anyway, those 35 council members uh, represent uh, those areas. Um, whenever um, all, all you nerds out there that might watch the Metro Council on Channel 3 uh, or online. Which uh, for, anyone, actually <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know, this is the, like the live stream online channel uh, to, to watch every single thing that the Metro Council does. Live, right? Yeah, right. And the YouTube channel is, is I think, uh, more digestible because it's divided into committees and you could kind of fast Switch forward around. if it's oh, boring. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But, um, but anyway, they, uh, whenever you're looking at the chambers, we do sit in order, number order. So from uh, the first five seats are your at-large members and they're seated by the number of votes they received. Oh, okay. um, and so um, that um, is 
kind of interesting for people to recognize. And then uh, we start uh, one through 35. And so you start looking at the council that way. You can almost see corridor districts, right? You see uh, the Hermitage area. You see the East Nashville area. You see the Madison area. You can kind of see where Donaldson is. You can see where Bellevue and Antioch is. You can almost kind of see those areas when you start thinking of that mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. Of course, at the uh, Metro uh, Council is now through December meeting at the Music City Center, and we're way spread out, so that's much oh, harder to kind of comprehend. But because you were uh, meeting that, online uh, via Zoom or something, right, for a while? Uh, yeah, WebEx. Okay. Um, yeah, for a painful period of time. Um, we're still uh, we're still conducting some meetings uh, electronically. Governor Lee's executive order allowed us to do that. There's a uh, a law in regard to how business is, uh, is done. And uh, the first um, kind of versions of that order was basically you can meet electronically, uh, but uh, it has to be publicly notified mm-hmm. and things of that nature. We're now in a, in, a, in a new version of that executive order where you can meet electronically, but any vote must be taken by roll call. Mm-hmm. And because we're such a large council, that's that would make our very long meetings even longer, right? right. So any of those just basic um, stormwater variant type things, you would have to require all forty people to vote before you move forward. Mm. So, uh, so the uh, the vice mayor of the metro office um, was uh, uh, worked with Music City Center, and we're very grateful for them allowing us uh, to be in the Davidson room through the end of the year. Um, it, uh, by law, we have to be in a public building. Um, there has to be public access. But even under current uh, COVID uh, guidelines, um, over 400 people can be in that room socially distanced. Oh, wow. um, it's um, The health department uh, gave us a, a, a variance, if you will, for more than 25 people to be gathered. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're able to to meet there to continue to cut, conduct business in that way. We don't know what's going to happen in January. Right. We may stay there. There at some point we'll have to go back into the chambers, but we have no idea when that's going to happen. Okay. So, uh, so yeah. you meet. How often do you meet? Well, the Metro Council meets on the first and third Tuesday of every month. Okay. Um, the uh, council committees. Uh, meet both on uh, Monday afternoon and on the Tuesdays prior to the council meeting. Um, and then the Metro Planning Commission uh, meetings happen on this pretty much on the second and fourth Thursday. So there's a major meeting every week. Okay. Let's talk about the types of decisions that the Metro Council makes for the city. <laughs> uh, well, uh, uh, you, yeah. you mentioned stuff as as um, boring as water ordinances. Uh, how, what's the spectrum of of things that you guys could talk about in um, in a meeting? Sure. Well, there's there's nothing there's nothing boring about water <laughs> ordinances. There's just, this this fire hydrants are kind of boring. Um, <laughs> the the uh, uh, the ultimate uh, task of the Metro Council is to pass the budget every year. Right. So, um, that, that's, uh, ultimately, uh, our charge, um, in between, uh, all of that, it's the proper management of how that budget was distributed really. And then, uh, as time has gone by, uh, over the last 10 years of growth in Nashville, an exorbitant amount of, uh, activity has been on zoning. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, you'll see a lot of discussion about zoning. I was talking to a formal, uh, former council member from uh, the early aughts of 2000. He was like, I went, I served for eight years and I never had a single zoning bill. Wow. Like, what? What? So, so it's hard to remember that that's uh, a lot of the reason that the meetings are longer. A lot of the reason that there's more community meetings and the like is that there's there's just more activity. There's just more to do. Yeah. So, um, so a lot, uh, depending on what district you're in and what's happening, uh, there's uh, a lot of activity in one thing or, or another, but uh, you're seeing more and more of our uh, uh, time being taken up by appropriate zoning. Okay. Um, 
let's let's get back to your district, um, District Eight. Can you t- what can you tell us about your district? How it's different than the other districts in Nashville? What you like about it? Maybe any challenges that you have or priorities that your your constituents have? Sure. Uh, well, in District Eight, uh, it's kind of a tale of two neighborhoods because uh, Briley Parkway does kind of um, uh, uh, make a difference in regard to if you're talking about South Inglewood, Maplewood, or Madison. Um, there's a, a lot of difference in um, how um, the history and perception and density in regard to zoning and uh, the um, uh, diversity of the different uh, neighborhoods, um, ha- both in, in people as well as housing types. So um, uh, a lot of times I'm, I'm reminding myself pretty constantly to talk about two parts of my district all the time, right? There's been a lot happening in Madison, but there's a lot of really good things happening in, in, Ingle, in North Inglewood. And then you have right there at Gallatin Pike where the new um, East Side Bowl uh, at the old Kmart is going in. So you have kind of that entrance and that activity that's happening. You have in the central, right at the very end of Ellington Parkway, where NOSI College of Art is and where there's a lot of residential growth uh, right there as you move in toward due west. And then on the west side, which is where Skyline Hospital is in a lot of the activities um, that are, are blooming over on, on the Dickerson Road area, Dickerson Pike area. So you kind of have those three pinch points as to entrances into Madison that are all in District 8. But then also District 8 has the um, uh, the uh, uh, amazing uh, work that we've been doing on uh, trail-oriented development along Ellington Parkway, uh, where Maplewood High School is. So you've got Broadmoor and Hart, um, and uh, broad, th- that area is just really bustling as well. Ben Allen, you're going to see more, more work on. A lot of those cross streets you know we talk a lot about trinity up in east nashville you continue uh down you start seeing that broadmoor hart and ben allen are also those corridors that cross between uh dickerson and gallatin so you're seeing more of that and all that activity happens before you even get to madison so i'm excited about all those opportunities and being able to you know kind of represent the very diverse neighborhoods that they surround yeah. Yeah. How do you stay connected with uh, the people that live in your district? Uh, how do you hear from them to understand what they're looking for? That's a great question. Um, uh, I up until COVID days, I had a, a monthly uh, uh, open office hour coffee with NVR, uh, and we we popped it back and forth pretty much from Sidekicks Cafe or Sip Cafe, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, COVID kind of put a hamper in that. We've done one virtual coffee with NVR, probably do mm-hmm. a, another one, uh, hopefully before the end of the year. But our community meetings have had to go virtual for the most part. And it's been very frustrating. I don't like it. Right. It's hard to talk to people. Yeah. Um, we had one uh, zoning thing that I really needed, you know, three-dimensional feedback on. So we, we held a charrot, um, which uh, basically put up ideas, let people come in, write down notes, put them in a, in a bag and not kind of sit and get talked at, but actually sort of look at designs and kind of give feedback. And then if you weren't able to come, then uh, able to fill out a form. So we've got more than 75 people respond in that way. So I may do that again in the winter. Really we'll kind of just kind of see what happens because this community meetings can get kind of weird anyway, because you come in and you're sitting there and you know, developer says, I want to do this thing. And they're like, well, answer these questions. And it's always the same questions, traffic and stormwater. <laughs> and, he's like, mm. and it's like, you know, can we, you know, can we mix this up a little bit um, and do yeah. it to where people feel like that they're really getting uh, good answers. And so uh, I'm going to try to do that. But anyway, for the most part, because I was a social media strategist for so long, and I apologize for my part in making the world 
crazy with social media. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, I will have to pay for that. You couldn't have known. You could not have known. <laughs> I'll have to pay for that someday. But uh, I actually wrote a book on social media for the arts and the proper use of social media, which people would look at that. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, What's the name of that book and where can we find it? Just real uh, quick. It's, it's called Social Media for the Arts. And um, they're, uh, it's self-published. You can find it on Amazon or you okay. can uh, email me and I'll send you a PDF of it for free. It's like, it's, Great. it's, it's okay. easy. And it's crazy how it holds up because it was written a, a decade ago. So, oh, wow. um, so anyway, so, so the idea is that uh, some council members are very challenged by some of those technologies. Uh, some of them uh, are not, uh, but my website, my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter, um, they are all self-made. I do all that myself. Uh, yeah. So when you see posts or comments, it's, it's me. Um, I've tried to <clears throat> separate my uh, Twitter and Instagram from personal stuff about uh, women's basketball and <laughs> whatever that I mm-hmm, want to talk about mm-hmm. to actual district, district things. So I have two yeah. Twitter accounts because of that. Um, and same thing with, with Instagram, you don't want pictures of my backyard necessarily, or my dog. So, <laughs> um, so I've separated that. I will tell you that, um, as some of my penance for too much work in, in social, I personally left Facebook, um, a year ago, Labor Day. Um, my, mm. uh, my dog manages my page. If you will say. <laughs> so my dog has no friends at all. I just am able to go in and post onto my page because my dog is there. Um, but, yeah. uh, so I, I'm not a member of any groups. Uh, I, I, I don't, uh, take, uh, questions there. Uh, mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, I always try to focus people. It's like, please send it to my email, nancy.vanreese at nashville.gov. Um, if you send an email there, um, then it's a matter of public record. It allows me to, if there's a, a, a problem that can be solved by me forwarding it to a department or getting somebody to done, it's just a whole lot easier to transition mm-hmm. that and to hold them accountable because it's in writing. Um, a lot of the times during uh, controversial issues or during the budget cycle, we get a whole lot of spammy type emails where it's the same email over and over again, but mm. there's no address. Um, I really mm. encourage people to put their address in the subject line. It's going to stand out. It's going to be the only one that has that because it's your address. Mm. And, um, and it idea. helps me sort of like, go, Oh, that's a, that's a real, that's person. A real person. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so that's good. I have a, a voicemail account that Metro uh, gave us. That's six, one, five, Four three two thirteen oh eight eight is for District Eight. Um, okay. Almost all, all of us have a number, so if you're looking for a different district, put a different number on the end of it. So that's six one five four three two thirteen oh eight. It even says though on the outgoing message that I check that at the end of every week. So if you're mm-hmm. leaving a message on Thursday or Friday, you're going to get responded to faster than you leave it on Monday. So it's yeah. just, I just am way faster by email because of the workflow and because yeah. I actually have a day job. So I'm only okay. uh, able to respond kind of during lunch or after work or on the weekends. So yeah. And that's what I was going to ask is, uh, so it sounds like this is not the only thing you're spending your time doing. Uh, <laughs> what would you say uh, based on what you've seen, how is anyone doing this full time? Their metro council role? Uh, it's considered a part time job, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, the only way that you, I mean, we tease. We say it's part time, meaning only twelve hours a day. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, people work differently, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the thing is that all forty of us do this differently. Uh, I don't know anybody who does it the same way. Um, There are uh, opportunities afforded to your at-large members to where they're not taking constituent calls. And so they're able, the idea is for them to be able to think about countywide issues. Um, Mm -hmm. And anybody can work with any of those five or all of those five in addition to your council member. So keep in mind that you actually have six representatives, um, Mm -hmm. not just one. So there's, that's important. Um, but for me, uh, I learned, uh, early on, uh, how grateful of to be for an employer, uh, for the day job 
Um, I work at uh, Batch, uh, BatchUSA.com, which is the premium gift company that works with small businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been with them. This is my fifth Christmas, uh, my fifth holiday season with them. And um, leaving digital marketing and moving back into more of a sales position was uh, uh, something that I wanted to do because um, I believed in supporting local small business but also because I knew the founders, they knew me, uh, we'd known each other for over a decade and, and uh, they understood that I would need flexible hours. So like we're having this conversation right in the middle of a work day. Right? So, so yeah. some people can't, can't do that. Um, yeah. So it's more about get the job done. Not when do you get the job done? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but some council members don't have that uh, ability and have to, uh, I know that there was one a council member until recently, I believe he's left his job because of the problems, but, you know, mm. couldn't uh, even go to a, a three o'clock groundbreaking without taking vacation time uh, yeah. to be able to go do that. So do you it's, see that as a, as a, as a hurdle for Metro council, would it, would it be more effective for the Metro Council members to get paid full time so that they can focus all their time on that? Or do you, uh, I don't what know. do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's good arguments on both sides. You know, you don't, you know, this idea of having a professional politician is right. kind of, and you know, kind of, you know, even our state legislators, they have jobs that they go back to. The problem right. is, is that we are always in session. There's no mm-hmm. like break. And then mm-hmm. you go talk to people and then you go back. It's mm-hmm. always, um, I think that the answer is, is found in uh, more uh, administrative support um, because okay. I, I don't have, I don't have any, anyone helping with anything. It's just you. Right. Yeah. Running so, everything. Well, right. Yeah. So you either have to, when you're running for office, think ahead and raise more money so that you can hire somebody to help you a couple of days a week mm-hmm. or something or mm-hmm. respond or triage or you know, go over um, typos in this newsletter or whatever, right? That yeah. kind of stuff. Um, or, or you don't. Um, we have mm-hmm. staff at the Metro Council, but they're really designated for legislation help, um, for, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, zoning and planning help. Um, there, There's constituent services, but different, all, uh, all 35 of us cannot ask two people to do everything right so yeah um so there's like i said everybody works differently but yeah. um Build, building off of that challenge um this will be a double-sided question but what what would you say are some of the biggest uh roadblocks for metro council things that you wish uh that could be better and on the other side of that coin mm-hmm. what are some of the things you're most excited about in metro council it's hard because the Technically, the head of the Metro Council is the vice mayor. Okay. And uh, the vice mayor has uh, what we we call the executive committee, which is the committee chair of all the committees, makes up the executive committee. Hmm. We're actually meeting again uh, here soon to talk about any changes that might need to take place. And you try to do that as often as possible. Hmm. This vice mayor has... uh, uh, a wealth of experience having served on the council in different capacities, both um, as a council member, as an at-large member, and now as vice mayor. Um, he's had his own challenges as well in regard to constituent um, uh, conversations. But I think that uh, his, um, his overwhelming desire to try to lead, you kind of herd the kittens, <laughs> if you will, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. there. Uh, but uh, I think that administratively it's still difficult even for him. Cause I mean, he's got a job to do as well. Right. It's not right. full time for him either. Um, so uh, one thing uh, that may be a change is even is to make the vice mayor full time um, mm. so that it, it allows some administrative um, diligence uh, in regard to communication and the like. Um, so I think that uh, not having a communication strategy as a council is is hindering because I'm a communication strategist. So I think yeah. he's like, we don't, you know, you don't have a 
your own, you know, you're not issuing your own press release. The Metro Council thinks this is important kind of thing. It's because we're all individually right. elected. You can't It's hard speak to have it. a consensus yeah. message. Yeah. yeah. So I think that uh, ultimately that is the, the vice mayor's uh, job, but yeah. I don't know that even he has the tools to do it very well. Um, gotcha. as, as to what it is that I'm most excited about <laughs> this council, uh, the, 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 uh, encouraging diversity. Um, this uh, 2019 election uh, for our Metro Council has never been, uh, uh, the council never looked more like Nashville than now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first time we've achieved uh, parity in regard to um, 20 women on the council. Um, that's never happened wow. before. Um, there are five LGBT uh, members of the council. Uh, which I'm really proud. I'm the uh, chair of the LGBTQ caucus, which is the first time that that's ever existed. And we've been able to uh, do some important things that wow. we're very proud of. Um, the, um, the minority caucus uh, is uh, growing in influence and uh, determination. Uh, we have our first Muslim uh, member. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's, there's just a, a lot of, really encouraging signs and there's even conservatives on the council yeah. so there's, there's enough diversity it's like you know it's starting to uh, look like nashville yeah so it looks like yeah it looks like nashville um so um i think that it's interesting to me that by people going out and voting for their representatives that it ultimately looks like the people that voted for them and and mm. that is something I think that the whole city can be very proud of. Yeah, that that's kind of the whole point. Yeah, uh, <laughs> go go figure. <laughs> uh, so uh, on that note, what would you say for someone listening to this that just wants to be more involved or up to date with what's going on in the Metro Council or what's going on in Nashville? What yeah. would you say for uh, a citizen of Nashville? How can they be better? How can they be a better citizen? I guess. Oh my goodness! Well, I mean, it's it's. Um, it's hard because in a, in a COVID situation, I mean, I'm, I'm, I worked really, really hard with um, Neighbor to Neighbor, which is a nonprofit organization that helps neighborhood associations mm. uh, uh, learn, have tools, be able to represent themselves, and communicate with metro government in a way that is uh, productive. And uh, we had a, a scholarship uh, last year. Um, we're going to renew, I'm going to renew that scholarship I'm taking money out of campaign funds that were left over and I'm going to uh, renew a scholarship so that people that want to learn more about um, how to participate uh, in their neighborhoods uh, has a resource to do that. So hmm. I think that um, if you're really wanting to get involved in government, you need to first be involved in your neighborhood. And hmm. uh, I think that um, that's really helpful. Yeah. Another thing is that we have a large number of boards and commissions and you can go to Nashville.gov, look at boards and commissions, see what they all are, see if any of them are of interest to you, look at the current board and you'll see when terms are expiring. And if you would like to be considered uh, by uh, the mayor's office to serve on a board or commission, uh, let your council member know um, and uh, they will help usher you through that process so that you can be considered. And then if, uh, if uh, properly vetted, then you're voted on and confirmed by the Metro Council. Then you can start serving your city on a board or commission. It's a volunteer mm. position. Mm. But, boy, you're not going to learn more about the city than if you're you know, sitting on the uh, Transportation Licensing Commission or, yeah. the, you know, the, the – uh, uh, the the board the beer board or mm-hmm. you know the arts commission or there's there's so many ways that you can do that and then you kind of learn kind of how our government is working and that's that's one way to do that we were uh, in district eight um, we have uh, both our beautification commissioner we have someone from district eight uh, two that are on the uh, agricultural commission um, and uh, one that uh, raises black Angus cattle and one that is uh, a restaurateur. Uh, mm. So that's kind of cool. Uh, cool. We also have uh, someone who serves on the solid waste uh, board uh, that is from District 8. And so, uh, oh, and one on the Arts Commission. So mm. we have five people in District 8 that are serving on boards and commissions. Um, and so that's that's a real way to be able to kind of 
kind of yeah, that's learn a, the ropes a bit. That's yeah. a great suggestion. I've actually never really heard that. Um, yeah. So Nancy, it sounds like you, from what I've heard, uh, emailing with you back and forth, you ha- you're very dedicated to the creative class in our city. Um, there's a lot of creatives in Nashville. Uh, obviously, we're known as a music city, but it goes beyond that. There's so many people uh, doing art of lines. Uh, can you speak to those people in our city and how you see them shaping the future of our city? Absolutely. And, and thanks for the opportunity because um, I uh, myself am uh, a painter and have uh, several works in a number of different uh, cities. Um, four paintings over at Vanderbilt somewhere. I don't wow. know, I keep moving them around and uh, uh, a couple of colleges in Arizona and Ontario. And, wow. And I um, uh, am uh, passionate as you, as you can imagine from my experience as a nonprofit arts um, uh, director and at the Shakespeare festival and working with the symphony kind of understand administratively what it's like to be able to, find the funding uh, for, for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and very passionate um, about um, public uh, funding for the arts and uh, was and the proud re- recipient of the uh, Stein public leadership in the arts uh, award and uh, take that very seriously. So um, the arts organizations in Nashville know that if they're looking for an advocate on the Metro council, uh, they have several, but mm-hmm. I am I am kind of first call <laughs> on that. Um, the um, the idea that our arts uh, organizations and the work that they're doing uh, can sometimes uh, be lost. Um, I uh, have some numbers from Metro Arts that there was uh, the Metro Arts grants that that they give out every year. Um, uh, there's 429 million dollar total uh, impact. Uh, on uh, those funds, $288 million in annual spending of residents and visitors on arts and cultural events, wow. um, $19,642,000 in local revenue is generated from spending by arts organizations and their audiences. Wow. Um, 64% of surveyed tourists, non-residents, uh, said that their primary reason for visiting Nashville was specifically to attend an arts or cultural event. Mm. Uh, non-residents spend an average of $58.41 per person in addition to the event when they attend. Um, we know that COVID has interrupted this, right? Absolutely. We, we know that that's, that's, that's crazy. Um, uh-huh. And uh, when we saw an uprising, rightfully so, of uh, live music venues and kind of save the venues, uh, I was hopped on board on that and very excited about how we got uh, CARES Act funding to make sure that that happened. Um, but uh, as a follow-up, uh, worked very closely with uh, Metro Arts and ultimately uh, with the council and with the council's representatives on the uh, the CARES Act funding committee uh, to hear the request of uh, the Metro uh, Arts uh, Arts Commission uh, in regard to an investment of those funds to um, arts organizations and nonprofit organizations. Okay. Um, we had um, <clears throat> a comparison chart uh, created. Uh, in, for example, in uh, Phoenix, uh, they gave uh, $2.6 million. Uh, Phoenix uh, Council gave to their nonprofit organizations. In San mm-hmm. Antonio, it was two point six. In Austin, it was $7 million of their mm-hmm. arts funding went to arts. I mean, of their COVID funding went to arts. Mm-hmm. Um, in uh, Nashville, there had been none. And wow. uh, so... So we asked um, for that to happen. Um, they uh, did a survey and indicated that um, they lost lost attendance between um, uh, March and I guess it would have been uh, September mm-hmm. uh, was nearly a million people. Uh, 961,262 people did not go to a uh, arts 
cultural event because of COVID. Um, And they were able to document um, a $6.6 million financial impact. Hmm. Um, 423 full-time employees were laid off. Uh, 257 were furloughed. And those organizations and those people uh, were unable to uh, secure funding because of their nonprofit uh, status in many cases. Yeah. Um, and so we, we, we went uh, kind of on high alert to get that to happen. Uh, I had drafted some legislation that I was able later to withdraw because uh, uh, there was action made. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the committee to uh, make sure and fund uh, $1 million or more mm-hmm. uh, for this purpose. Um, they uh, did see fit to give $2 million. Wow. Um, the council uh, confirmed that uh, at our last meeting, and the uh, Metro Arts uh, Commission will uh, agree for those funds to be administrated uh, by the folks at um pathway lending. Uh, and so between now and Thanksgiving, there should be uh, money uh, on its way to these arts organizations. And uh, I, I cannot speak with more gratitude towards uh, the mayor's office, to the committee, to the council, uh, to uh, the arts uh, uh, commission uh, for uh, kind of putting the gas pedal down to make yeah. sure that this happened. Uh, before the monies uh, were no longer available at mm-hmm. the end of the year. That's amazing. That, that's a whole lot of talking, but no, I, I wanted to make sure that's a huge win. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. you said that just was kind of was finalized this last meeting? Yes. Um, so um, as we were talking about, our council meetings are the first and third Tuesday of every mm-hmm. month, except for every four years when there's an election on that Tuesday. Oh, right. It moves to Thursday. So uh, we, we voted on this uh, just last Thursday wow. and it was approved and, and going forward. Um, I'm, I'm real excited about it. Um, for people that are interested in learning more about how uh, the nonprofit arts and cultural um, impact uh, has uh, not only on the work that we do through schools and libraries and public art, but also just the economic impact in regard to jobs and tourism um, all of that can be found um, at the um, Metro Arts uh, website, and uh, I encourage people to to dive in and, and take a take a look at that. Yeah, that's amazing. What a what a great yeah. uh, a great way to end a pretty um, troubling twenty twenty for especially for a lot of artists. That that's uh, really encouraging. Yeah, we we feel good about it. It's it's much like what um, Council Member uh, uh, um, Gamble said at the council meeting. Um, uh, these funds are to help our arts organizations survive this year, mm-hmm. and then the uh, the anticipated uh, operation grants uh, that will follow that uh, will help them. Uh, continue their work into 2021. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it, it's very possible without it, we would have had a severe crisis uh, yeah. on our hands. And yeah. so I'm, uh, in regard to work I've done in district um, is very, very important, mm-hmm. but I'm particularly proud of being able to, to help secure this win on behalf of the creative class. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to even picture what Nashville without artists looks like. Um, it's so central to our identity. Um, and so I'm glad that people like you are doing, putting the work in to make sure that they're supported. Uh, so thank you for that. Yeah. And and I, I mentioned to somebody the other day, who's uh, kind of sniffing around about doing a specific plan uh, rezoning in, in my district. And I said, you know what, I was going to start this in 2021, but I'm going to start it now. Uh, from now on, whenever there is going to be a rezoning request with a specific plan, meaning that, that everything very specifically is drawn out, mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be some sort of public art condition. So whether it's mm-hmm. a, um, a sculpture, something for the kids to uh, play with, um, if it's a mural, if whatever is happening, 
uh, uh, I'm going to request uh, in order to secure my support for any specific de- plan development that there's going to be a public art element that uh, is actually that. required. Yeah. I so. really like that. That's yeah. great. So I, I have one more question for you here. I ask it on to everyone that comes on the show and whether it relates to what you do with Metro Council or not, how do you think we can make Nashville better? Love each other and wear a mask. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's like, uh, to me, um, kindness is, a, is, uh, is you can never have enough kindness. Um, mm. uh, uh, Harvey Milk said, hope is never silent. Uh, and I think mm. that whenever you have an opportunity to show kindness, uh, to offer hope, um, then that's going to make everything around you better. Mm. And um, I, uh, I still believe in Mayor, Mayor Dean's mantra of our best days are ahead of us. Mm. Um, I think that um, you cannot have growth without pain. Mm. And sometimes, um, uh, you know, I, I was mentioning to my wife the other day because I was, I was kind of had a wake up call and said, I need to probably do a little bit more strength training, not just walk and tell myself that's okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, I was hurt. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sore. And I was like, <laughs> you know, it's that day off that you take to have your muscles heal. Mm. That that's where we are right now. I feel mm. like both as a country and as a city, we have stretched it so far to where our muscles hurt, but we, we got to take a minute <laughs> let that repair happen so that we can get stronger again. Mm. Um, And I I think that the city, the people have told us, the country has told us, you you need to stop and let the repair happen Mm. uh, so that we can move on. And and I'm feeling that that's kind of where we are right now. I love that analogy. That's beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much, Nancy, for speaking with me. Uh, I learned a lot through you and i am learned a lot about Metro Council and I'm excited that someone like you, who is clearly passionate about the work that you do, is helping to keep our city on track. Uh, and I wish you the best in the next coming years of your Final term, I guess. Is it? It's a two-term limit, right? Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I. I. Um. I have my thirty-four some odd months left. I'm. I'm hoping that twelve of them are really good. I just don't know which twelve. But, so we'll, we'll find out. That's a good goal. All right. Well, uh, I hope to uh, speak to you again sometime in the future. But th- thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you, brother. All right. Have a good one. Once again, that was Nancy Van Rees representing District 8 in the Metro Council. I hope you learned a lot about Metro Council, about Nancy, about the work that she's doing. If you're interested in staying connected, be sure to follow Bettering Nashville on Instagram at Bettering Nashville. There you'll find lots of links and find ways to get connected with Nancy, the Metro Council, and any other topics from the show. Thank you again for listening. Stay tuned for more conversations in the future.